Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. And let's see, very bad Democrat, even worse Republican, and really wasn't a significantly successful independent either. But I... Have you considered being libertarian? I portray a, a, a liberal on the radio. I like certain elements of the Libertarian Party, sure. Okay. They actually believe in smaller government. They don't just say it. And uh, very much pay-as-you-go. Limiting the size and scope of government sounds like a good yeah, idea Yeah, they don't to want me. to give people everything, so that's probably not good for their long-run future. Right. They'll never be Republican. <laughs> <laughs> or Democrat. <laughs> yeah, they'll never be part of any organized political party. Who was it that says... Uh, that was, uh, let's see, Will Rogers. Fields? Oh, Will Rogers. Okay. Uh, wait a second. Was it Will Rogers? Uh, yes, I'm, yes, I'm yes, not part of any uh, organized uh, party. party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> okay, I thought he said he was a Republican. Okay. No, he said I'm a Democrat. I don't okay. belong to any organized political party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funnier when you say it, <laughs> especially in light of our world today. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, this is On The Mark, WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On The Mark. We invite you to call in, voice your opinions. We have a nearly open phones day today at 9.15. We'll hear from Leonard Steinhorn, and that's going to be an opportunity for us to uh, talk about uh, President Biden. He'll be talking about his COVID-19 efforts today. He's going to re-ramp that up, so we'll have some uh, words about that. And it's an opportunity for uh, us to to talk to a great professor. I think he'll probably be explaining in his speech how it's all President Trump's fault. <laughs> oh, but President Biden, well, he might. You never know. I mean, there must probably be some sort of a holdover element that President Biden. But, you know, if you talk about, the, if he's going to talk about vaccination, uh, it would be helpful if he'd called it to the President Trump, Pfizer, Moderna, <laughs> AstraZeneca, Johnson and Johnson vaccine. You know, get all the brand names. You think in there's there. a lot of chance that he's going to get President Trump credit for anything? <laughs> Has he ever given President Trump? I, I think he might have talked to him favorably about the idea, the, the you know, the warp speed idea. But President Trump has got so many. Uh, um, strikes against him, you know, in people's minds, but if not reality. But I heard an interesting analysis this morning that, okay. you might, that ties into what you're saying. They say that President Trump, you know, was banned from Twitter and all these accounts, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, that that's actually hurt Joe Biden, because normally people would be paying attention to what hor- the media would be focusing on what horrible tweets the president, uh, fr- President Trump would put out. And now they don't have that. So all they're focused on is the mistakes made by the Biden administration. And it's funny how they're doing things. The New York Times, or though I'm sorry, the Washington Post, has not reported on President Biden's approval rating in the last four months. The Post. 
Washington, Washington Post. Post. Okay. Yep. And they are because down. it's been going down, so they are, they aren't even mentioning it in the last how how long? I think they said four months. In the oh, oh my gosh! Holy smokes! Well, yeah, it's been widely reported elsewhere. All right, uh, we have nearly open phones. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Earlier today on WDK, okay. Well, let's see. We talked about a Girl Scouts Girl Scouts in the heart of Pennsylvania recruitment event that's coming up. We also talked to to another first responder as we did yesterday about nine eleven and the anniversary and the uh, remembrance efforts that are taking place around here. On the market is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. we got the text connector working, and so just send us a text to 70236, and uh, we would just love to hear from you today. Mike, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in right off the bat today. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys really know who I am or not, so I'll admit I'm a half, my glass is half empty kind of guy, okay? And, uh, you know, if you put me on the couch, you'd find out that I'm a type A, obsessive, compulsive, controlling uh, person, you know, often prone to passive-aggressive behavior. But in the late 1980s, I guess it was, we just had two small kids at that time, uh, it was a beautiful day, and I took a bus trip with uh, my coworkers out to New York City, uh, you know, for the purpose of seeing, you know, seeing sights, uh, Liberty uh, Statue of Liberty. But the main thing for me was going up to the top of the World Trade Center because I, I love things that people built. You know, they they engineered them, and it took lots of effort. You know, and to me, the World Trade Center was, was just really something, and I couldn't wait to go up there. So we're out on the veranda uh, in front of the, one of the towers. I don't know which one it was. And uh, I said to my wife, I said, hey, just hang on to the kids here. I want to do something. So I walked over to the base of the building, and I just wanted to just look straight up the side of the building. And when I did, and, and this is the only time it ever happened to me, uh, never happened to me since either, I had this overwhelming since it wasn't fear, it was evil. And I mean, it ruined what was a spectacular day for me. Because I, I don't know whether I was ashamed of it, scared of it or what, but I, I never told anybody about it until well after the fact that, you know, after the buildings came down, I shared that. So that, that was my first uh, interaction with the 9-11. And then in 2001, on September the 10th, I was called in to work the evening before for a 12 and a half hour shift. So I, I went into work and uh, did my job and got out and, you know, unfortunately it wasn't cloudy at seven o'clock in the morning. I had this blazing sunshine hitting me in the face, so that made me even more unhappy. And as I said, I'm a, uh, a glass half full kind of guy. So I'm driving home, it's about a 30 minute ride. And all of a sudden I started feeling good. I, I, I looked at the sky and I said to myself, am I a lucky man? I'm living in a country my whole life, myself, all my friends, my children, we've never been really attacked. I dodged the war, uh, the Vietnam War. Uh, I have everything I could possibly want. And I just felt so grateful. And I came home and I went right to bed, you know, and, uh, I, I sleep in a blacked-out room. Uh, you know, the rules are 
disturb me for anything. I have to get my sleep because I'm going back into work. You know, that, that's the way it always was when I worked. Had a stay-at-home wife that supported me, basically. So uh, later in the afternoon, my wife came in the room and woke me up. And of course, you know, I wanted to reach out and grab her. What are you doing waking me up, you know? And she says, our country's under attack. And I said, what do you mean it's under attack? And she said, planes flew into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon, and one hit in western Pennsylvania, and the, uh, they think it was an underground military bunker, but they don't know. She goes, I've packed a lot of food for you because I don't know how long you're going to be going. And uh, so I came downstairs. I walked in the TV room, and just as I walked in, the trade centers, they showed them how they showed them collapse one after another. And I said to her, I said, you didn't say they, say they came down. She's, you know, I mean, she didn't know how to explain that, of course. But, I mean, I couldn't believe it because that, that brought it to a whole new thing when those things came down for me. So the, the end of the story, well, it's not really the end of the story, but the end of my story today is I uh, drove into the access of the power plant there in uh, Berkeley, uh, Berwick, and I parked my car, and just as I get out, an F-16 jet flying maybe, I don't know, 500 feet above the top of the cooling towers came from the east, circled around, and headed back east again, turned on the afterburners, and took off. And I thought, oh, my God, what's happening now? So that, that's really, uh, you know, it's really a traumatic thing for me. And, 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 and then again, when, it, when, they, when they came down and, and it, you know, I started to grasp what really happened, I thought back to that day back in the late 80s where I, you were, had such a wonderful, wonderful day, and then I stood basically at the base of the towers, and I had this overwhelming sense of evil at this place. It was, it was just horrendous, and that's my story, and I just wanted to share it, get it off my chest, and, and I think I've said this for the first time without crying. Well, we're cheaper than a psychologist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk it out. How did you dodge? Did, you didn't dodge the draft when you dodged the Vietnam War, right? You dodged. Uh, no, you no. Didn't get right, drafted. Right, right where I'm ready to turn 18 and get out of school, they, they stopped. They, they, who, I don't even I guess it was Nixon ended the draft. I can't remember who, which president was. But okay. uh, that was, a, let me tell you what, that, that was like winning the conference championship in football. I mean, we <laughs> had a party for that, let me tell you. Yeah, we haven't gone back to it since. No, no. Uh, but you know what? I'm starting to get the feeling that it's September 10th, 2001 again. In what way? In what way? I think we're, one thing, we're extremely vulnerable to the situation in the world. And I, it, it's not my point to get into politics, but I think turning over the uh, Bagram Air Base, it probably, you know, ultimately to the Chinese, and then bringing in large numbers of uh, Afghanis to uh, come into the United States. Because, you know, one thing I, I, actually, I just learned yesterday, that the date for 9-11 was actually selected based on a historical event where the uh, Islamic world felt slighted that it had happened four to 500 years before the 9-11 event. So, in other words, something happened like 500 years ago that was held on to so long that it all, it, you know, it ultimately came to a conclusion almost in one respect on 9-11. And to think that anything is going to change in the last, you know, 20 years or since that happened or, and into the future with this relationship between the United States and the Islamic world, I think is, you know, kind of, you know, foolish thinking. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I'm not making any predictions, and I'm not pointing any fingers. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the way I think about it. Oh, fair enough. All right. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Thanks for checking sharing your welcome. story with us. Thank you. one 800 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wdkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. We'll take a quickie break. When we come back, uh, we'd like to hear from you if you'd like to talk about uh, what he just talked about. This uh, uh, R is our republic gone down. A lot of folks nervous about a lot of different things. You know, the globe's got chip shortages and every other kind of shortage out there. And uh, so uh, are, are we in peril either as a republic, a nation, or just as a globe? Of course, we're getting warmer and warmer. We're going to have to learn how to cope with that, and that'll cause all kinds of more conflagrations. So what's your view on these topics? one 800 795 We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. You can email us at on the market wkok.com. One of our listeners sends us a clipping from Fox News. Just the latest media fiasco involves ivermectin, which some people are using to treat COVID nineteen, even though the FDA says it's useless. So the right is sympathetic to the drug, and the left dismisses it as snake oil for Trump types. Yeah, I could easily see all sides of this story. I mean, you can certainly imagine that somebody would come up with a medicine. It's a dewormer for horses, so that's uh, it sounds worse than it is. But the <laughs> potential, whatever medicine it has in it, could could be good. You just never know. And I wouldn't trust the FDA as, you know, the end-all, be-all of all screening. We know that they are failable, so it's certainly... Fallible, uh, I think we were searching fallible. for. Fallible, okay, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, so... But uh, still, probably. what in the world would anyway. lead you to say... Hey, you know, I think I've got this cough and cold. I might have, I might have this COVID stuff. I think I'll take some horse dewormer. Well, it was probably a home <laughs> remedy, and somebody, <laughs> somebody distilled it or, dist- uh, you know, extracted the uh, f- the chemical and, yeah, and this gave love, it to an animal. This sudden love for oats. <laughs> because of your ivermectin. Yeah. Well, so, did you see it to the uh, Facebook meme where, the, oh no, yeah, there's a Facebook meme now where people are running around like horses on all fours over jumps and stuff because they're taking their daily dose of ivermectin. <laughs> but they feel great. Well, why not? You wouldn't have any worms. 1 800 795 our open phone. You can email us at on the market, wkok.com, and text us at 702. Three six include the keyword OTM. Uh, let's see, Joseph, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. 
Yes, uh, I was really moved with the previous caller, uh, and uh, kind of, I, I think it was like a premonition that he had when he looked up, you know, uh, uh, you know, alongside the Trade Center and felt that evil, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a prophetic, tre- uh, prophetic premonition. Uh, and then, I never knew this, but he said that it was a 500-year anniversary of something that done, was done to the Muslims, you know? And uh, that they held that, you know, it's a very important thing, these dates. You know what I'm saying? And uh, why I say that is, is because uh, in 1917, Lord Belafort decreed a homeland for the Jews. It's called the Belafort Decree. I don't know if you men know that. Probably uh, Joe does. He's a history buff. Yeah, Joe does. I don't. Yeah, okay. And anyway, it was a declaration to declare a homeland for the Jews because uh, of the Jewish scientists that they, they ran out of powder in the First World War. The British did. And he invented uh, something, I forget what it was. And to honor him, he, he decreed that. Well, people don't realize this, but that date is very important because that year was in the Jewish calendar a jubilee year. Now, in a jubilee year, you're supposed to give back property that every 50 years was a jubilee year. Well, then you take 15 year, or 50 excuse me, years from 1917 to 1967, that's when the Jewish people regained uh, the city of Jerusalem, okay? That was a jubilee year, so they're getting it back. And then uh, 50 years from that date to President Trump in 2017, declared uh, the capital, eternal capital of the Jewish people as being Jerusalem and moved the ambassador, uh, our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And these are very important dates in the calendar of the Almighty to the fulfillment of things. And you can go all the way back to 70 common air, 70 AD, <coughs> and actually Titus invaded the Holy Lands in night in in the year 67, which was a jubilee year. And you can count these jubilee years down through time to the Ottoman Empire, and it's just a, a, a historical uh, marvel that all these important events fell on a jubilee year. Mm. Uh, and it's just, it's a prophetic thing. And so you can, you can see through these dates and times uh, prophecy being fulfilled even in our day. But 2011. So very important and, and uh, uh, prophetic of what this gentleman said. And I, I don't know, I was really moved uh, when he said that in my spirit of, of, of those things, you know what I mean, about the World but Trade Center. 2011 wasn't a jubilee year, though. No, 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 that wasn't a jubilee That was a year of destruction. And, and actually, that was prophesied in Isaiah 9. It says, The bricks are falling down, we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, we will place them with cedars. Well, when the North Tower fell by, by the church there, it uprooted a sycamore tree, and they right now you can go there, and they have that in the roots of that tree in bronze uh, there, and they replaced it with cedars. Now that's exactly what that prophecy said that that would happen. It was a uh, it was a prophetic uh, uh, prophecy way back in 600 year BC. And Are you Isaiah sure? Are you sure they so did? Just showing you that we're living in 
Bible times and prophecy is being fulfilled. It's soon coming of the Messiah. I, I would have a feeling that instead of it being prophecy coming true, what it was was they thought, okay, well, why don't we use what the prophet said and use that as our selection for cedar to replace the sycamore? Or it could have well, been a coincidence. Had no <laughs> idea that that would uproot a cedar tree and that they would replace them. They're, they're doing these things. Uh, they're You're just the doing them because it, it was pro- not because they knew the prophecy said that, but okay. it, it's what the prophecy said. Yahweh, in other words, Yahweh knows the beginning from the end. He knows what you're going to say in your next words. And me, you know, he knows. So you know the prophecy, it. but he, but nobody else did at that time in 2011. No, they didn't know it, and, okay. and uh, President Trump okay. didn't realize what he was doing. Uh, neither did General Allenby, and, and uh, <laughs> when he invaded Jerusalem. In fact, there's another prophecy right there. It says there's planes flying over, uh, he, and that's what Allen B. did. He didn't want to fire on the city after, in the Second World War there, and he okay. flew planes over and dropped pamphlets out, and all the Arabs fled. They ran away. He right. didn't have to fire a shot, and he entered that city and took it. All right. We got you, Joseph. Thank you so much for checking in. Always appreciate it. 1-800-795-9565. Speedy dialers can get through right now. 1-800-795-9565. President Biden will be introducing a six-pronged strategy that is sure to put an end to the COVID-19 Delta variant. I thought he was already on top of this. Once and for all. uh, They're going to vaccinate the unvaccinated further protect the vaccinated. I'll be interested to hear what that is. We'll we'll talk with that with Leonard Steinhorn coming up. Keeping schools safely open, increasing testing and requiring masking, protecting our economic recovery, and improving care for people with COVID-19. So President Biden's going to be announcing those measures today to ensure kids are adequately protected in the classrooms. And we have a story. You asked me yesterday what it was President Biden had done that specifically harmed our energy independence. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. I found a wonderful article by Stephen Moore from the Boston Herald, not a fake publication. Oh, no. That's a liberal lefty paper. Right. He says, and this is part of what he says, which brings me to President Joe Biden's take-no-prisoners approach to energy. The goals, kill fossil fuels, stop the building of pipelines, enter international treaties that outlaw fossil fuel use and drilling on federal lands, strangle the oil and gas industries with regulatory assaults, and then throw billions and perhaps trillions of tax dollars at wind and solar farms. How, there, there's what he's done. That's what he's doing that takes away our energy independence. Okay, so he's a conservative commentator at a liberal newspaper. The U.S. Energy Information Administration recently released a chart showing the latest official data on U.S. energy production sources from the Department of Energy. Some 80% of all our energy comes from oil, gas, and coal. Less than 5% comes from wind and solar. Yet somehow Biden is going to magically flip these percentages around in 5 or 10 years. Even the federal forecasters who support renewable energy think that is highly unlikely. Even if Biden was able to quadruple America's production of green energy over the next decade, decade, a huge undertaking, we will be meeting about 25% of our power needs. Where will we get the other 75% of our electric power and transportation fuels? Battery-operated cars such as Teslas and Chevy Volts need electric power to recharge their massive batteries. And as we produce less oil and gas domestically, two bad things will happen. First, gas prices are going to rise rapidly, as we see now. 
now, and we will be meeting uh, uh, perhaps to about $4 a gallon already there in California. Uh, let's see here. And prices have already started to rise at the pump to more than $2.50 a gallon in many markets. Secondly, we will make up for the lost domestic energy production by importing more energy from Saudi Arabia, Russia, and OPEC nations. Oh, okay, so are, are we importing more fuel yet? Where we're no longer a net exporter. Right, you said that before. How much fuel are we importing? Well, he doesn't go into that in this mm. story. So I you don't still know. don't know. Well, it was... Joe, 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 Joe. Mark, he, he, he made a point here about, from the government's own numbers, that make it pretty clear that that's what's happening. Right. Joe Biden's not going to be able to meet these energy goals related to solar and wind, so that's fine. I guess we should really, if we can't make any progress, we should just sit down and be lazy and do nothing. I, I don't have that attitude. I don't think the president does. I don't think the Republicans, Congress do. You say, okay, well, we can't have enough solar to flip these stats, so we might as well give up. I say keep trying. Do more solar if you can. Do less oil and fossil fuels if you can. The U.S. is not yet an energy importer, as you keep saying. You have no evidence of that, minus a conservative commentator who says it's coming. So get your numbers. Just because he gives the straight facts, he's got to be conservative? So you think he's a liberal? I I think he just wrote a fair piece, a balanced piece, about what this administration is trying to do and how it's attempting to do it. It's a hit piece. It's not a hit piece. Well, (laughs) uh, you consider a hit piece because it disagrees with your basic conception of how things are going. Well, my basic conception is realistic. Yours is highly skewed by your Fox Funnels. Well, he he goes on to say that perhaps the final comment... Just let me read this. We will reverse the energy independence achieved under former President Donald Trump to dependency on OPEC nations under Biden. This certainly isn't good for the U.S. economy and jobs here at home, but it's great news for the Saudi oil sheiks, Russia's Vladimir Putin, and the communists in Beijing, all of whom are going to make out like bandits. They can't believe their good fortune. And why will they make out? Because we're going to be importing more energy and not exporting it. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think we're going to keep doing what we're doing, using less and less fuel. I think that's inevitable at this phase. I certainly know that gasoline prices are up now, but it has nothing to do with supply. It has everything to do with demand as the economy slowly springs back. That's the it's natural not springing corollary. back. The jobs report was abysmal. Well, Joe, you probably haven't heard about it, but industries and companies and businesses are slowly clawing back. Slow- Slowly, glacially. That's true. Excellent point. We'll take more commentary during the 9 a.m. hour. We're going to hear from Leonard Steinhorn from American University as well. You're listening to WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joseph across me, Joseph McGranahan, chair of the CSVT task force seen recently in the company of a fine Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Casey uh, on the CSVT. Were you on the CSVT bridge? Uh, we were. Uh, we had a great view of it. Uh, we were on Ridge Road uh, right outside of Northumberland at the construction oh, site there. Okay. How's everything going over there? They oh, should be just well. about going done. Well. 
I'll tell you, it was windy. It really makes uh, the fact that they had to put wind monitors on that bridge. You, you really understand why. When we stood there yesterday afternoon, one of the members of our party had his hat blow off and go down the road a little bit. It was windy. Okay. So, um, okay. So what did Senator Casey have to say? Did he bring another cardboard check or anything? No, he didn't bring a cardboard check. He, he um, Senator Casey has asked for briefings on the bypass project for a number of years. I reminded him that the last time we met, we were standing on the the southern end of the bypass, looking out at where the road will go, and mm-hmm. now this time we were at the northern end of it. So, oh, good, good briefing. All right. Well, he okay. always he he's been a big supporter of the project, uh, and he you know we had did a lot of talk about the infrastructure bill that's coming and some things, but uh, he was very pleased to see the progress that's been made here. All right. We invited him back for the ribbon cutting. (laughs) 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, We invite you to do what I have done. Go to sunburymotors.com and pick out an F-150. That's uh, for your own, your very own use. I got an F-150 Lariat with a super cab. That's what I'm driving around. Pretty soon, I'm going to be driving around in an expedition, and that's going to be an opportunity uh, to find out what it's like to drive around. There's some of these great, uh, high, slightly higher horsepower vehicles, but perfect for towing, perfect for hauling the whole family around safely. The F-150, I'm in, $51,000, 24 miles to the gallon on the highway. Of course, it's got the start-stop technology, but the button's right on the dashboard. Some folks don't like that. Now, in this particular truck, you cannot hear the engine starting and stopping, but there is an eighth of a second of hesitation at the intersection when it goes to start up, or you can keep an eye on the tack you can see it goes down to zero. And if you wish to d- disable that, you're going to be stopped for a short time. Well, then uh, just hit that button and you're good to go. Put on those overhead cameras so you can sort of get the drone's eye view of your vehicle and check out your eco mode. I like to keep it in eco mode so I get the highest gasoline mileage. Joe likes to keep it in sport mode so he gets the highest amount of horsepower possible and so he can get more speeding tickets. But this is the luxury of the Ford F-150, less than 50 thousand dollars the deal it's a four by four super cab has a 145 inch wheelbase what does that mean that means smooth going down the highway got a v6 eco boost motor 10 speed transmission you can run the transmission manually if you like to kind of really extract every molecule of gasoline out of the tank so boy keep that in mind that's a great opportunity for you to save a little money on the mark sponsored by the sunbury motor company sunburymotors.com our toll-free line now open. Call us 1-800-7... Oops, scratch that. Yeah, line's not say, open. we got Leonard coming scratch up. Scratch that, scratch that. Not, not a false statement. More fake news. Uh, hold on to the number 1-800-795-9565. We'll have that later. Email us at onthemark at wdkokid.com. Text us at 70236, keyword OTM. Boy, we got some texts coming in. Thank you, folks, for those uh, and some emails. So we appreciate those. Thank you. Tumultuous weather last evening in Snyder County on Shade Mountain in the McClure, Mount Pleasant Mills, Verdilla, and Richfield areas. Still over 100 PPL customers without power as a result of inline winds that were reported there. Same story on the other side of the mountain in Juniata County. Trees and wires down there. Pennsylvania is nearing the top of the bell curve. So said the State Department of Health yesterday when they said 4,300 individuals now have COVID-19. Those new numbers reported lately. The one-day total for Union County, 35 new cases in 
Union County, some of them at Bucknell University, where they have eight active cases there. They have 18 cases on campus since the semester began. Susquehanna University has two active cases, and uh, as was reported before, about, well, more than three-quarter of the individuals in the hospitals around here are unvaccinated. Speaking of COVID-19 treatments... New clinical trial results from UPMC and Pitt show monoclonal antibody treatments can significantly decrease the chances of hospitalization and death for COVID-19 patients. Researchers compared two antibody combination treatments and found that both were safe and equally effective. The next phase of the trial is already underway and is evaluating how well the treatments work against COVID-19 variants. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Harold Holman III, who was suspected of killing two women, pleaded guilty to those murders in Luzerne County Court Wednesday, uh, confessed to the killing of Tiana Phillips of McClure and Erica Schultz of Bloomsburg. He gets life prison term for that plea. President Biden is making another push to battle the coronavirus. CBS's Bradley Blackburn has that story. Today, President Biden is expecting expected to lay out a six-pronged strategy to stop the spread of COVID-19. Some of that will be related to access to testing. Some will be related to uh, mandates. Uh, some will be related to how we ensure kids are protected in schools. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said the president will include new vaccine requirements. We have more work to do, and we are still at war with the virus. Three months ago, President Biden hoped this summer would be free from the virus's deadly grip. A summer of freedom. A summer of joy, a summer of get-togethers and celebrations. But the Delta variant and vaccine hesitancy allowed COVID-19 to surge. How are you keeping my child safe? Parents like Lindsay Harrison will be paying attention. With three school-aged kids, she's concerned about the recent spike in pediatric cases. 250,000 were reported last week. We're seeing more kids in the ICU needing higher levels of monitoring higher levels of intervention. In Los Angeles, the school board is voting today on whether to require eligible students 12 and older to be vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to attend school in person. That's why there isn't measles and mumps and rubella in our schools, because we vaccinate and we require it. It's a mandate. This is a mandate to save lives. A source familiar with the president's new plan tells CBS News it will include an update on booster shots. Bradley Blackburn, CBS News. And finally, if you have a hankering for President Trump, you're going to be happy as the world remembers the 9-11 attacks. President Donald Trump will be doing commentary during a boxing match. He's going to be one of the commentators live at the Evander Holderfield fight this weekend. President Trump says he loves a great fight and chose the 9-11 anniversary to talk about the U.S. fight against terrorism and, of course, to do great commentary at a boxing match this Saturday night. So we can all look forward to that. With that, we welcome to the news line Leonard Steinhorn, American University a professor of history and uh, communications. And he's a CBS news analyst. We've turned to him a number of times. So welcome back to Central Pennsylvania and the CBS flagship station, WDKOK. Been around for a long time around here. Good morning, Leonard. Good morning, Leonard. Hey. 
Thank you. Always happy to be here. Thanks. Really do appreciate that. Well, we heard that the president is going to have more words about COVID-19. I can't help but think that this is just trying to kind of save face here after Afghanistan and uh, try to make sure that it looks like he's doing something uh, related to COVID-19. But I'm skeptical. What's your analysis? Well, look, it's still the primary issue facing our country. Uh, And it was arguably the issue that uh, kept President Trump from getting reelected. And it was the issue that people were hoping Joe Biden could manage and control better. Um, He did a pretty good job early on. The vaccine rollout was uh, seen as successful. Our COVID caseload really began to decline to the point that a lot of people were saying that the United States is really at the leading edge of uh, battling this thing. But uh, like with so much in politics, he ran into a wall with certain people who were resisting vaccinations. So right now you have over a quarter of the U.S. population age 12 and older who have no vaccine and it's in certain states in texas it's 42 percent unvaccinated florida 38 percent unvaccinated and guess where this delta variant really took hold it was in those two states but in the united states a state itself is not sort of these isolated boundaries it can spread everywhere because people travel and so because certain parts of the country didn't get vaccinated which is the best protection against the spread of COVID, um, the rest of us have to pay the price. And Joe Biden is trying to deal with the fallout of this Delta variant, which has been spreading. We see right now, uh, what is it, 1,500 deaths a day compared to 500 one month ago. You have 160,000 new infections a day um, for the first time since January before people were getting vaccinated. So what the president needs to do is basically say, look, America, we have a responsibility to each other to get vaccinated. That is the best way to overcome this thing, to protect your kids, to protect your families. There are now kids in school with more opportunities for this to spread. If we don't get vaccinated, we're not doing ourselves any good. We're not doing our neighbors any good. We're not doing our family any good and we'll be going backwards. So I think what his point today is going to be, this is that there's a moral imperative to getting vaccinated and to dealing with it. And I think he's going to be putting more pressure on private businesses, schools, federal agencies, and anybody else uh, for stricter vaccine requirements and testing. But I believe he's going to make that moral case about what it means to be a nation, to be able to look out for each other and to deal with this. And the simple way to do that is by getting those two pokes of vaccines, one of which is now not emergency use authorization, but fully uh, authorized by the FDA. And I think that's where he's coming out today. Wouldn't there also be a moral imperative to stop sending mixed signals? For example, the southern border is wide open. Many of the people coming across there have tested positive for coronavirus, and they're shipped across the country. If he Shouldn't he also show some compassion for the people who are suffering down there and and some some desire to stop this influx of people we know nothing about across the border who may be carrying this disease? Well, I mean, I think they're in some ways two separate issues, though you're making a bridge between them, and I understand that. But at least from the studies that I've seen, that they have not been you know, a cause of any super spreading, uh, as we know. Um, but it's a concern. 
you have to think about that. You have to think about it on all dimensions. Look, this is a game uh, with fighting this virus. It's a three-dimensional chess game, and you have to think of all the many ways that you control it. So if the border is one way to control it, you do that. And you may note that the Supreme Court upheld the Trump policy of keeping people in Mexico and not coming into the United States. And the Biden administration sort of quietly said, okay, we can uh, deal with that policy right now. And I think part of that is for some of the concerns that you were raising. Um, but the larger issue really is that we have it in our control as a country to get everyone vaccinated. Um, we do. Uh, and for a country that has so, that basically created these vaccines, has more vaccines than, than we need, um, has enough vaccines to begin booster shots for certain people. Um, uh, you know, his whole point is we have it in our hands to be able to control this. Let's do it. But you're right. Every single dimension needs to be dealt with uh, in a lot of different ways. But the biggest issue here is the fact that such large numbers of people remain unvaccinated. In the end, though, Leonard, what can he do? I mean, we can't force people to receive a shot they don't want to receive. We have this argument on one side that women should be allowed unlimited access to abortion because it's their body, their right. Doesn't that same right apply to people who don't want to get a vaccine? Well, I mean, it's a different thing because at least uh, with Roe v. Wade, it's not unlimited. I mean, Roe v. Wade is a, a you know does deal with state restrictions once viability takes place. Um, but up to viability, the the you know decision does go to the the woman. Um, and that's how Roe is structured uh, as a almost like a trimester structure. Um, but uh, it's different because that was a constitutional right. Um, uh, that at least exists right now. It may be overturned, but it's a constitutional right uh, for women to be able to uh, determine what to do with their pregnancies at that particular point in their pregnancy. Um, so there's no constitutional right not to get vaccinated. Um, but uh, look, p children get vaccinated to go to school. George Washington mandated smallpox vaccine for the you know, uh, colonial army uh, way back when. Um, we had all sorts of, you know, uh, flu and other uh, uh, viruses that people have gotten vaccinated uh, for over the years. So what's the difference today? The difference today is not that people are afraid to get vaccinated. Virtually every single one of those persons who is not getting vaccinated has gotten vaccinated for chickenpox, for measles, for mumps over the years. Um, it's not a matter of getting poked in the arm. I think ultimately it's a matter of partisanship and people basically digging in and claiming using a word freedom when in fact that's a complete misunderstanding of the word freedom what that what they're doing is license freedom involves responsibility it involves responsibility for others no one should say that you or i have the freedom to dump toxic waste in a river that all of us use for our drinking water no one would say that i should have the freedom to dump my garbage on your front lawn um, you know, because I wouldn't do that. It's part of living in a society in which, yes, we want to be as free as possible, but that also means respecting somebody else's health. And when you have children under 12 who aren't able to get the vaccine right now, those who are refusing to get the vaccine are holding those kids hostage and their health hostage um, because they simply don't want to get this particular poke. So I think in, in a lot of contexts, uh, you know, look, uh, you know, this is, shouldn't be a political issue. 
Um, I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden in the White House or Donald Trump in the White House. In fact, it was Donald Trump's White House that created the vaccine, that, that really sort of pushed to get this vaccine out. And I would assume had he got reelected, he would want everyone to get the vaccine. Um, unfortunately, this does seem to be falling along partisan lines in terms of who gets vaccinated and who isn't. And I think that's just an unfortunate statement about our society right today. Well, as a history professor, I know you probably share my understanding of why black people are hesitant to get this vaccine when you consider the Tuskegee experiments and the long history that they've had with uh, the government being less than honest about their health care. What do we have to do to overcome that resistance? Well, I think that's a good question. Um, I do think there is some resistance and skepticism, um, but the more use uh, African Americans get the vaccine and the more they're encouraged to get the vaccine by influencers and doctors and leaders in the community, um, you do see begin to see an uptick in, uh, in, in getting the vaccine. Um, but I do think you really have to pursue a sort of widespread public education campaign across the board uh, to get more and more people vaccinated and also to sort of bring it into the community, uh, to bring it into where people live and to be able to show role models getting this vaccine. Look, it's not an easy task when you have resistance, whether it's political or ideological or, you know, historical, as you say, with the African-American community. You've got to be able to break through to people. But the bottom line is that somehow if we don't break through to people we're going to be living with this endlessly and it will transform our lives in a way that we don't want it to transform our lives that it will greatly restrict our freedoms it will kill so many people it will infect people it will create problems in schools and learning look i taught online last year for the entire year that was far less effective than teaching in person and so even the quality of our economy will suffer if we don't get people as well educated because we're we're continuing to teach people virtually when in fact in-person learning is far better and far more effective so in the long run somehow we have to make that argument to all of these constituencies that this isn't about personal freedom or even about historical fear it's about responsibility to each other and building the nation that we want to build so that we're all protected and can resume our normal lives, get our education, go back to our jobs, not worry about our kids, and actually lead the lives we're accustomed to as Americans. You had mentioned before that we have been divided in the past and that this idea of uh, deep political divisions is not new. I just see so much evidence of it today. Maybe there's more coverage of it, the mask mandates. I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of hits on our Facebook page showing people arguing at a school board meeting about uh, mask mandates. We had one person on our Facebook page yesterday saying the chip shortage in the globe is because all the chips are going into the vaccine so they can control people. I mean, it's just gotten ridiculous. We we have to be more bitterly divided than ever before. Is that true? I you know, look, we've we experienced a civil war. Um, so we've seen bitter divisions in our country. We experienced the 1960s in Vietnam. We've seen bitter divisions. Um, but when it comes to rational behavior being sort of upended by these bitter divisions, that's what's unfortunate. I mean, people, you know, again, my students wear masks in class, um, you know, just because they know that by wearing a mask, it's not only protecting themselves, it's protecting everybody else. It's protecting me as their professor. It's sort of a sign of respect 
and responsibility. It's just not about them. Nobody wants to wear a mask, but they do it because it's right. Look, let's say all of a sudden we had a movement among people saying, government can't force me to wear glasses when I drive. They're impinging on my personal freedom. So, you know, to be without glasses when I drive, that would be not only, in, you know, reckless for yourself, but it would be reckless for everybody else on the road. Um, you know, or, or even government can't impose upon me to pay insurance for my car. Well, that would be reckless for yourself and reckless for everybody else who may be involved in an accident with you. Um, there are things we do all the time that involve a degree of responsibility to others, but there are also part of, let's say, government mandates or requirements, and we deal with them, we live with them, we're okay with them. Why is it when it comes to masks that people are getting so crazy? And I think it just has to do with sort of how this coronavirus has become politicized in a way it didn't have to be. And I think that really is going to be a very unfortunate chapter of our history 20, 30, 40 years from now when people are looking back and saying, what happened to America at that moment in time? Why were people acting so irrationally and irresponsibly and recklessly and even getting in fights over have putting something very simple over your face to protect your classmates, your teachers, your friends, your, your staff, and everybody else? To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but again, uh, when things are irrational, we have to understand them even if they don't make sense. Well, we have a reminder of national unity as we observe 9-11. Do you think that might hearken you know, back to a time when we were all on the same page? Uh, I think that's an interesting question, and I'll be curious to see if uh, the president uh, tries to use that sense of national unity, how we were all under attack by something that was external to us and how we had to fight back as a people and how people gave their lives and lost their lives and sacrificed their time and made decisions to be able to serve the country, to be able to deal with this sort of very existential threat to who we are as a, as a nation. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he said that, and I think that's sort of good counsel if you were, you know, had a uh, you know, a phone line to the White House to maybe say that's possibly an angle to consider in the speech. But in the long run, we did pull together then. Um, you know, Americans, you know, weren't talking about party at that particular point. They were, you know, solidly behind our reaction and the administration's reaction uh, to what was going on and how we were going to sort of attack and go after al-Qaeda. Um, and so we did reach a degree of national unity uh, at that particular point. Um, and, you know, now it's, you know, we don't have the horrific images of the Twin Towers, uh, you know, crumbling or the Pentagon getting attacked. Um, all we have are, you know, sort of the hospitals and the overworked staff and healthcare workers day after day after day. It's not as compelling an image that you see on television as that attack on us, but in many ways it's the functional equivalent of the same threat to our country by something that we can even control better than we were able to control al-Qaeda at that particular point. So I do think that the president might bring that up, um, uh, because that whole notion of national unity, where is it gone, why can't we find it against something that shouldn't be partisan, ought to be one of his sort of talking points uh, when he speaks to the nation.
Thank you so much for the time and the information and the analysis. We always really relish the opportunity. It's always great to have you on, Leonard. Hey, my pleasure. You guys ask great questions, so I appreciate it. All right. We'll call again, then. Thank you so much. Leonard Steiner, an American University professor of communications and history, CBS News analyst, involved in so many endeavors that involve our changing country. Maybe we'll ask him someday if he thinks our country keeps getting better and better and better, as one of our good guests. One said. Well, as a history professor, he would have the framework with which to answer that question. Great, and you would have the grammar to respond accurately and programmatically correctly. All right, to be continued, folks call us now, 1-800-795-9565, or we're going to enjoy some unity on 9-11, or we're just going to use it as another opportunity. I think uh, the terrorist attacks contributed to 9-11. Uh, I think that was the beginning of this huge division that we have today. Do you agree? 1-800-795-9565. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, we're talking vaccines. President Biden is going to be talking about the vaccine mandate soon. Uh, He will be talking about uh, trying to get more people vaccinated, trying to make sure that uh, we end up with uh, much immunity or uh, resistance to COVID-19 as we can get. Who's that texting you? Is that your son? No. (laughs) Okay. All right, My one, phone just beeps, as yours does from time to time. Oh, no, mine is on silence. Okay, well, I don't um, have mine on silence. It's a long email, but you can read it. All right, two things that are irrefutable. This is from Craig. One, according to the CDC, around 400 children ages 1 to 18 have died from complications related to the COVID in the U.S. since early 2020. That's out of millions that we know that have had it, and certainly millions more that have contracted COVID with no or slight symptoms. In the same period, over 800 in this age range died from pneumonia. It's all on the CDC website, but is anyone reporting it? What's to report? Just that the greater number of pneumonia deaths exist? Right. Okay. I guess that's well, the point. Well, we just reported it. Thank you. Well, we don't we don't uh, make a big deal out of that, I think is his point. No, but I don't think we talk about COVID-19 as being particularly deadly for children. I, I, I wouldn't go by deaths. I think if you wanted to evaluate what COVID does to kids, uh, of course you would see how sick they get. That's important. They don't get very sick. I mean, Well, his next point is that, and though the press won't allow reports of this either, number two, studies have shown that the masks commonly used will block particles of 10 angstroms or larger, angstroms or larger. Cloth masks have even bigger gaps, but ask anyone the size of a COVID particle and they don't know. It's five. Point five. 
Point five uh, angstroms. 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 Okay, not familiar with that word. According to the epidemiology, obviously a particle half an <laughs> angstrom is the in size will easily pass through a ten angstrom gap, both in or out. All right, and let, let me stop you there too. Just All right. just to add context to this, uh, it you don't isolate the COVID particle when a cloth mask the cloth mask stops your breath, and when it becomes moist, it be, stops even more. So it helps prevent the spread of the disease. It Unless you have the it. disease. Then R- if, if it can stop, if, if, it, if it's small enough that it can come through the mask, then it would be st- small enough to go out from the mask if you actually had the but disease. But it's not because it's attached to mucus and and that can't, the whole thing is too big. But So it's not attached to mucus on the way in, but it is on the way no, out? No, no. A mask doesn't help you, stop you from getting a COVID-19 uh, virus that's in the air. And, and it, I mean, it might do a little bit of that, but it doesn't do a lot. But it's not, a cloth mask isn't designed to to prevent you from getting it, it's to prevent you from spreading it. And his remark, I think, still needs evaluation because the virus is not separated to at its 0.5 size. It's stuck to other gook that well, you're exhaling. When you breathe out, do you breathe out moisture? Yes, and germs. But and you don't breathe a, out a wide range of molecules. But the same thing's true coming in. What happened to all the moisture attached to the disease on the way in? Uh, and that's the reason a cloth mask helps a little. I mean, you know, maybe like a 10% protection or something. But an N95, a KN95 mask helps much more. And an N95 mask helps a lot. Well, Craig goes on to say... Anyway, yeah, sorry, Craig. Craig, we've certainly interrupted your email. Kids generally have a very strong immune system by nature. The truth is making all or any kids wear masks does so much more psychological harm than it does good, allegedly protecting kids from a disease that has an infinitesimal chance of killing them, yet so much hysteria. Yeah, the goal in schools is not to prevent kids from spreading it to each other. It's to prevent kids from spreading it to their parents and elders and family members and teachers who suffer when okay. they get it. But and, I, and let me just add this. This psychological harm, I have talked to dozens and dozens of kids who wore masks. They suffered no psychological harm. They got used to it, and they worked through it, and they there just wasn't a dilemma. And whatever they had to do, they have to get up super early in the morning to go to school, and they adjust. They had to wear a mask. They adjusted. They had to stay behind screens. They adjusted. They worked with it. Kids are so resilient. Craig, I, I understand for adults, it might cause massive psychological harm to wear a mask, but kids don't seem to suffer well, from I, it. Well, I, th- I disagree with you. I think kids Kids okay. do suffer in that. I mean, I, I, but that's how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. But you know, like yesterday afternoon with Senator Casey, uh, his staff requested masks. that we wear masks and that we maintain social distance. Okay. You know, and we we're outside with about oh, a 60-mile-per-hour wind blowing. It seemed to me like gilding the lily, but certainly right. if the senator wanted that done, we we complied out of courtesy to his staff and the fact that, you know, he was taking his time to come and talk to us. So with with us, it was a matter of courtesy. I kidded um, our uh, chamber president, Bob Garrett, and I said to him, well, the president has told me that if I were fully vaccinated, I don't need to wear a mask. You know, and that's what he said. Right. And I'm fully vaccinated. Dale. But I did it out of... Nope, Common so courtesy. All right. Well, you did the right thing because you don't want to lose your opportunity to talk to Senator Casey. No. Uh, Dale, you're on the mark. Thank you for patience. We really appreciate it. I, I thought that email would be long to read. I didn't know it would uh, turn into me interrupting it with a saga. I understand why a lot of people are hesitant to trust our uh, medical because they just got done 10, 
feeding us uh, opioids for 10 years. Now all of a sudden. <laughs> now all of a sudden, hey, we have this other medicine. Yeah, Please take it yeah. right away. So basically, media's playing their job by keep talking around the edges. They don't want to talk about if this is a biological attack because the United States has the most cases and the most deaths, okay? So otherwise, let's find out where this attack came from, our own government or China's government. That's okay. all we need to know. If we find out where it came from, we can solve it. Because basically, I think it's a biological attack created by our own government. So, I mean, I, I mean, really, the, the evidence, I mean, they keep saying evidence. And they ain't going to show you just CNN's going to pound it in your head for 20 minutes. And then you're going to believe. You're going to jump in with two feet and believe that that's evidence. People, I mean, the guy you had speaking 10 minutes ago, he is so wrapped up in the media that he can't even talk outside the media. He got. He must. He thinks he got a high education, but he don't question. He jumps in with two feet on everything. Okay. You got to put one foot in, so this way you can back yourself out. He, that's the hokey, Dale. That's the hokey pokey. You got to put your yeah, whole self in, whole self out. Exactly the hokey pokey. You're the bar right. association <laughs> does a lot of that. I don't know. I think they but do. I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now. Why don't we question where it came from? Because our government did poison us with. Uh, I think that's the single there. most asked question in America: was where did it come from? Where did what but come from? The you, vaccine? Can, or you, the... can you grasp the fact that America population? We had the most cases and the most deaths, and we had the best medical uh, in the world. So, can you grasp that? I can't. Well, I can't grasp that. That seems unlogical to me, very unlogical. There's a ton of and us who might have something to do with these, that. Yeah, liberal media keeps talking around the edges and don't want to get to the point. We need to get to the point. Media, if it's a biological attack, we get our military ready and we go and take well, care I of it. I think you if, actually... If it's our government, we overthrow our government because these tricks are done. Okay. You have well, the, our I, government working for big investors. We can't we can't Sorry. buy into your overthrow the government theory. But you ask an interesting question. America did it did create the vaccines. Uh, we do have a great medical establishment, and we do have we did have a lot more people die than uh, other countries. But isn't that largely because Americans didn't take the advice that they were given? They decided that they wanted their personal freedom to not wear a mask and I, not socially distance. The answer is no. But go ahead, Dale. Why? Why is the answer no? Well, because I think Americans died because we did not adequately protect older citizens, particularly those in congregate well, care facilities. that's what I just said. The people you chose not to do those things. The people who think they're facts, and they no, I ain't seen any facts. You keep giving people the microphone who ain't seen no facts, ain't and they've just no been facts. brainwashing out. All right, yourself in excluded. Okay, thank you so much, Dale. Appreciate well, we'll the call. Tell Leonard Steinhorn that he ain't got he no facts before I can say goodbye. <laughs> All right, Chris, stand by. You're next up. Uh, we'll be right back. There's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you, the other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right. First first and foremost, one of our listeners sends us a text and says, what's that noise? It's Mark with his fidget spinner. Wait till the music stops. It's a fidget spinner. People hear me playing with it. That's what I have to endure every day on this program. Plus the fact he does it with his shoes off. There's a thought to carry with you the rest of the day. Doug says, to your liberal lefty guest you just had on, along with many of the callers on your show who say everyone has a response. a uh, respiring... Oh, I'm sorry. Respecting my health? A respiring get vaccinated to keep others safe. Oh. I'm not certain what word you were looking for there, Doug. What about... Re- oh, respecting? Okay, what about respecting my health? I had COVID. My antibodies are stronger than any elixir scientists can come up with. Also, the more the government, media, etc., keeps pushing this jab on us, the more some of us will resist. What about the number of people who have died from the vaccine itself? Conspiracy theories, you say. Look it up. There have been thousands... That have died and we don't know the long-term effects yet. I don't care if you get it, but forcing us to get it is where people have a real problem. It's about control. It's that simple. All right. Well said, Doug. We appreciate that email. Send us more. Chris, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I don't think we lead the world in uh, deaths and cases if you uh, do it by percentage of the population. Per capita. Okay. Yes. Uh, but we are higher up than we should be, and uh, and Mark, you got most of that right about mass. You were right on, actually. I think the latest thing is about ten percent uh, of the uh, is uh, prevented from entering by by the mass. Well, I'm one percent normal mass. I'm one percent informed on this topic, so thank yeah. you. We're bound to hit some. You did. Yeah, but, and, but do you agree that... It still remains true that uh, in the, the Joe always says he said we won't need a mask, but that was before the, the, the variant hit. Mm-hmm. And that changes the situation. So I would appreciate if you'd either mention that when you say, make that remark all the time, Joe. <laughs> he didn't qualify it. He didn't say unless we get something worse coming along. He said oh, if you yeah, got vaccinated, yeah. you don't need a mask. I don't know about. Well, that sort of goes on with uh, going with good science, doesn't it? Which he also says to do. So that's covered by that, isn't it? I don't know. What's your point? <laughs> and and uh, the fact is that the somewhere around uh, 90, 95% of the uh, New cases are unvaccinated people, and 98% or more of the deaths are unvaccinated new people. And it is also more deadly than kids to kids than the the old one, the the original one was. The Delta variant. So, so that should be taken into account too for people deciding what to do. Yeah, but one of our but good those, listeners those, points those out really stand stand out to people those mm-hmm. those statistics. But one of and our good Doug listeners may, points out it's still... Is, nah, is, never mind. Yeah, he'll never. So <laughs> Chris doesn't stop. 
Okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, even the Delta variant being more dangerous for kids is still an infinitesimally small percentage, so that doesn't bother our good listener. It's not infinitesimally small. No, but but it doesn't bother our good listener because it's such a small percentage. Who cares if we lose a few kids? Right. And who cares if the kids kill a few teachers? Right. That's what's going on in Florida. Or their grandparents. Pardon? Or their grandparents. Yes. And that's what's going on in Florida and Texas, and why a lot of school districts are trying to fight the various governor's orders that don't want them to use masks, and the foolishness of the governors who are apparently Joe's favorite governors for, uh, for uh, president. Look, here's the deal, Chris. We spent all this time... Oh, we, now you're talking that, like Biden. I like that. Yeah, right. They, they told us that we, we need to shut everything down in the country for a couple of weeks to flatten the curve. we got to flatten the curve. Well, we did that. We flattened the curve, and it bounced right back. I think the problem we have is that we're going to have to learn how to live with this, and we're going to have to do the things that individually we think are going to keep us safe. But when we start mandating what other people have to do to keep us safe, there we run into a problem of civil liberties. And that's where I think that people are getting upset. Well, uh, if, if, uh, if relying on people's individual judgment of what they consider civil liberties is killing us, maybe we should do something else, huh? But is it killing you? Is it my responsibility to protect you, or is it your responsibility to protect yourself? Is it your responsibility to protect America or not? I asked you a question, and you're not answering it. Okay, what's the question again? Uh, I said, <laughs> God. I thought my question answered your question. Not but really. But if it didn't, I'll try again. All I'm saying is it my responsibility to protect you or your responsibility to protect yourself? Okay, then you want me to not, my children not to go to school who have, say, been vaccinated, if I had such children. And you want the unvaccinated ones to be able to go to school. No, I'm just saying if if you're going to school, if you're sending your kids to school, and I'm talking about you, if you choose to go out in the world and wear a mask to protect yourself, and if you see somebody coughing, you go to the other side of the street and, you know... That's that's incorrect right away. But I'm saying that it's a decision you have to make. You have to decide what you feel protects you to an extent that... Protects you. No, you, because I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to assume responsibility for me. I'm not going to ask you... By not going out? I'm not going to ask you to assume responsibility for me. I'm going to assume it for myself. And if I don't go out, if I think that it's bad out there, I won't go out. And if I think it's good out there and I'll wear a mask, I'll go out wearing a mask. But it's my choice. With the mumps and... Mumps vaccine and polio and whatnot. We do it the same you with pneumonia. You do the same with a common cold. You get to go to school, and if you're not vaccinated, if you're you, you, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you should be able to go to school and infect people. Well, right. I think Le- Leonard Steinhorn made a good point, and it runs counter to what I'm just saying. But he said that the, that people. Uh, we have, the government mandates all sorts of things we have to do to be responsible to other people. And, and that's true. I can't argue that point. We do mandate such things. And I think he used the example of insurance. You have to have car insurance. You can't just drive without it. You know, so we do have a responsibility to each other. But traditionally in this country, when it's come to illness, we have quarantined the people who are sick, not the people who are healthy. 
but we have shut down cities and areas. Not in the last century, and not in the last since since the early in the 1900s. Yeah, we've done when that. they were bad enough, and when was the when when did we have one this bad and this deadly before? Well, you know, it's hard to get it's hard to wrap your head around the exact numbers, because. We have people trying to obfuscate them, and we have people trying to enlarge them. Look at Governor... Um, well, when the hospitals fill up, that's kind of a clue that maybe you've gone too far in allowing people to do something. Well... When there's no room for people in hospitals anymore, how's that for us? But standard? we don't have that around here. I mean, it's not... You're, the president is trying to make this a one-size-fits-all thing, and I think the governors of the states are looking at it and saying one size does not fit all, that I will determine in my state, well, why, maybe on a county-by-county county basis, as Governor Wolf did originally at the start of this thing. We had different re- different laws or different regulations for different counties based on their experience. That's yeah, better that, than one-size-fits-all. pretty well until people start traveling too much. So what do we do, tell people they can't travel now? Well, I don't know. They were doing that for a while, weren't they? They were. It didn't work out real well. Well, it, it, Again, it's your personal freedom to travel in this country. You know, certainly there are going to be restrictions, but... Okay, we've got to take a right. break. Chris, we got to wrap up. You All give right. Anything? Oh, thank you. Have right. a good weekend, Chris. You could have said something else, but <laughs> you're not ready. Uh, upper right-hand corner, Joe. says, real simple, why people won't get the vaccine. Many Americans do not trust their government. Research shows that there have been thousands of adverse reactions from them. No. That, uh, adverse effects. Reactions, effects, same thing. False. Oh, false, you say? Mm-hmm. All right. And what do you base that on? Science. Okay. Fact. That is not false information. Okay. Our writer says. Well, I guess he saw me coming. One other point. No one has the right to assume that unvaccinated people are diseased and spreading the virus. This is not a vaccine, but an RNA DNA stimulant. To call it a vaccine is an untruth, which was done from its inception. That is true. Yeah, President Trump started that trend, and it isn't a true vaccine. A true vaccine develops immunity. What this, uh, this medicine does is it prevents you from getting the disease as badly. So it's a prophylactic. Well, well, well not really. It, it it's it's less than that. It would be if if it were a prophylactic, it would make you less pregnant, but it doesn't do that. It just makes you less sick when you get the disease. That's well, what we're it does. Talking about different uses of that word, I think. No, no argument there. All right, back to the screen, Joe. I know okay. you want to get on with your lengthy weekend, but oh, read I'm sorry. This I thought you had a break to take. You said no. Oh, <laughs> well, don't let me read it that way. Oh, Let's go back to the way it was. Sorry. Invermectin, the horse medicine, is also for people. This drug and others can relieve the symptoms of COVID-19. <laughs> Are worms a symptom? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Which increases the chance of you surviving, but it is not a cure. Also, the vaccine is not a cure or a real vaccine. Wow, second listener to point that out in the same day. Right, but greatly increases your chance of survival and not experiencing the symptoms of COVID-19. Says a vaccinated the conservative. Sim- the symptoms are what kills you. And that's from Mike Bowley. Mike's right. got a good and, point. And here's the, uh, this is probably the um, 
part of the brochure that comes with ivermectin. Ivermectin is a medication used to treat parasite infestations in humans. Those include head lice, scab scabies, river blindness. I never heard of that. Uh, and, well, and several other diseases. And several, yeah, which are wow. incapable of pronunciation by laymen. And veterinary medicine is used to prevent or treat heartworm and another medicine, yeah. another disease we can't pronounce, among other indications. It can be taken by mouth or applied to the skin for external infestations. Oh, there's a thought, an external infestation. <laughs> it belongs to the avermectin family of medications. It works through many mechanisms of action that result in death of the targeted parasites. Right. So at the but the vaccine, but the COVID isn't a vax, isn't a parasite, is it? <laughs> uh, no, no, it doesn't apply to that. But you know, it has chemicals. It can cause chemical reactions. It can cause uh, people to uh, be better if they're sick. If they have, you know, if it is a medicine, I'm, I agree with people that say that it should be um, it, it, it should be talked about. And, and we should have this conversation. Greatly increases your love of apples and carrots. <laughs> right. That's that's right. <laughs> If I don't get some oats in the near future, you're going to be dead. I'm going to have a meltdown. Hey, All have right. a nice vacation. I'll see you in a week. Uh, that's true. I'll see you in 11 days. I'll see everybody else tomorrow with Ben Reikley. This is WKOK Sunbury. Thanks for listening to WKOK's On the Mark program.